from the Comedy Zone at the NC Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. This is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast and email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your hosts, Will Jacobs and Spencer Taylor. Comedy's old podcast. Welcome back, listeners. First show of the new year, right? This is our first go round, <laughs> right? <laughs> Don't even. <laughs> that is correct. Unless you've been doing this without me. No, <laughs> no. Just sneaking in here, making it. I would not put that past Will. <laughs> Nothing that would air. I didn't do anything that would that would go in the air. So how was you, how was everybody's holidays? How, how, it was you, swell. It was great. What'd you do? Like Christmas stuff, and then. <laughs> <laughs> like what do you mean i, I mean christmas though did you sing carols what did, i mean what is christmas I, mean, I, stuff? I got presents and i gave presents well how old are you 24 and you still get presents for like oh, from yeah, your yeah. parents uh, from my parents and my sister and i got my friend anna sends me one wow. um from my friend destiny from a uh, white elephant exchange with my group of friends I had a lot of presents white elephant what is that what is that it's like when everyone brings a present it's kind of like secret santa but not for a specific person you're just supposed to be one present and then someone can steal it and yada 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 oh and then at the end everyone has a different present than what they brought yeah oh. you're supposed to kind of bring like something from around your house though right like something that you're not necessarily using no no some people do that like you can there are yeah. like people who do gag gifts and then but my friends and i the way we do it is we'll We'll, we'll actually go out and buy stuff since we don't want to buy something for each person in the group. And then, you know, people fight it out over who gets it. Oh, wow. I got rum and a gift card to Starbucks. Nice. Yeah, it was nice. Now, you were talking about how the gift giving in your family gets a little out of control Oh, sometimes. yeah, it was great. My sister um, got me a full uh, photo shoot, like, of headshots and stuff. Wow. Um, she's going to pay for, like, the. she's going to take me shopping, get new clothes. She's going to pay for the makeup and to get my hair done and for the photos. And, wow. Yeah, to get me prepped for if I'm, like, when I'm going to move next year. And then my mom and dad paid off all my credit card debt. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was real tickle. I didn't have that much. I had, like, $1,100 in credit card debt. And they're like, oh, look at your debt. And I look down, and it's like, you owe $3. And I, I, wow. was, I was so tickled. And then on top of that, they gave me, like, $530. It was wow. real good. Oh, wow. That is nice. So that was a good Christmas, then. Yeah. Damn right. Yeah, wow. That's, awesome. that's the best. Cool. I, I, I was completely... I'm very weird about money. And I've told you this. Like, my credit score is really good. So my mom gave me the money, she, first the cash. And she's like, what are you going to do with it? And I'm like, I'm going to put it on my credit card. You know, a lot of 24-year-olds would be like, I'm going to buy this and this. And I'm like, yeah. I'm going to put it on my credit card. And she goes, oh, yeah. Look at your credit card statement. And then when it was $3, I was just overwhelmed. <laughs> I was like, oh, yay. Wow. <laughs> wow that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. That's unbelievable. Yeah, so no, I'm now debt. Well, you know, I owe like a hundred dollars on it now, which is very easily taken care of. So that is fantastic. Yeah, debt free. Woohoo! Ooh, goodness. How is yours? I mean, uh, yeah, I, you, you, <laughs> I got you so follow much, that. Cause I got so shit. much debt; it's not even funny. Oh no! Uh, student loans and gotten medical bills and God knows what else. So yeah, yeah. If your parents wanted to adopt me, <laughs> I am available. Yeah. You would be so <laughs> tall. My mom is five one. And my dad's like five six. Wow! And he yeah. would just be so tall. Wow! Yeah. I I got a uh, a letter uh, over the holiday. It was pretty pretty touching. It was uh, from uh, Great Lakes uh, Student Loan Service, <laughs> and they told me that uh, in three days my loans were going to default. Oh no! And I think these are the kind of loans that they can garnish your wages. Uh, so oh, those God. are the ones I try to pay attention to. I just lost, I just lost track of it. So they, they brought that, and then the complex we live in told us they were raising the rent. Uh, oh no! All at the weeks, same time. All at the same holiday mm, season. Merry Christmas. Baby. Yeah, that's it. Was a merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it was fan fucking tastic. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. So that's Why'd you guys let me go first? <laughs> I would have changed my answer if I'd be like, I got a, some socks. You <laughs> had a happy Christmas, that's why. <laughs> but see, now that Spencer told that story, I'm gonna like when Spencer's famous and they do like her memoirs and stuff, if she tells that I was eating peanut butter and jelly and I didn't have anything. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't want to Oh, hear. after your parents paid off yeah. all your debt. Is that <laughs> when that happened? So, yeah, I got to watch for Spencer's E! True Hollywood story. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I might be eating peanut media. butter sandwiches, but that's my choice. <laughs> that was my choice. Because they're delicious. <laughs> I had nothing when I went to L.A. 
<laughs> damn lie. Nothing but no debt. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, have no debt. I didn't even have debt. <laughs> <laughs> I love Spencer though because she's got so much with her culturally and 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 ethnically, but with just enough privilege though. With just <laughs> enough privilege, you got the best of both worlds. <laughs> she is. Well, there's a little white in there, right? There's. Isn't yeah, there? yeah, my dad's white. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, she's halfway. Just enough privilege, yeah. baby. <laughs> That's right. With it's a splash a, of it. See, it, it it evens out though because I grew up with foster siblings, so my parents, you know, all of the money for Christmases and stuff was allocated between five kids when I was growing up. Oh. And so now that I'm just, you know, by myself, they can spend more money. How about that? Oh, so yeah. did they yeah. stop spending on the other? How, why did they have more money to spend on you now? Well, the, well, I don't have foster. I only had foster siblings up until I was like 11. Oh. Um, and then my mom got, she was a stay-at-home mom at that period of time. And then she got a job um, being a professor within the last few years. And just, she really saved up, paid off her debt. And now they're not like, they're not they owe you know she still owes a lot and yeah. like student loans and stuff but she's very good with money that's why i'm good with money and so she has more money to put aside for things like that yeah and it's only once a year you know <laughs> it's not like every every few months she's like here's an eleven hundred dollars but you know what i <laughs> like speed that. that's, that's, awesome. that's a good practical gift like let's pay not a coat not a scarf yeah. or some boots here's pay off your debt yeah yeah, that's cool. like when we got married. Um, my my wife and I, I told my uh, my in laws that because they were you know going to pay for the ceremony and all that stuff, and I'm like, that can really be a down payment on a house. Yeah, if exactly. You, you know what I mean? Like we could do justice of the peace and have a house. That's what yeah. I always wonder about. People will go into a marriage and they'll spend like twenty thousand dollars on a wedding and then just not have money to start like get their own house or right, really start their right. family or anything. And that's I, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, that like that's the that's the important thing, but yeah, that's really cool. So LA, it is. Was this a decision a long st- like it took you a long time to come to that or you just I I I love writing. So, uh I think the opportunities to write are more prevalent in LA than they are in New York. Mm. I just so I've always kind of wanted to go somewhere where writing um is something I could do on the side. Mm-hmm. And L- so it it's always been LA. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So you said about a year? Yeah, I'm going to February of next year. That's my goal. February? Well, that's not my goal. I'm just going to do it. Right. <laughs> if you make it a goal, if you make that. it a goal, then it might not happen. I'm 100% going to do it February next year. And she picked Black History Month. <laughs> How about that, huh? Yeah. That's thoughtful. That is thoughtful. Yeah. You're welcome. Make her own history. <laughs> and, and when it's cold. And, you know, like, it's, yeah, that's a good time to get the hell out yeah, of here. Yeah, exactly. I'll spend, I'll, I wanted to ring in the new year over there, but that's just too much going on, you yeah, know, to, like, lot. move over. So, yep, February of next year, got to go out there while and, I'm still young, I guess. Oh, yeah. How, well, what would, what would be too old to go? Uh, I just want to go out. I have a, I have a relatively young face, I guess. You do. Um, I wanted to go out there before I was 27. That's just my goal. Mm. You know, so yes. off I go. There you go. And you got some some more uh, big stuff coming up. Clemson, uh, your yeah, alma mater, right? Yeah, playing for the college football championship. Woo! Not uh, that. Um, yeah, that was. Yeah. And see, you know what? And that's <laughs> see. And Spencer's like, oh yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Let me tell you, if one of my teams went. See, but that, that those things don't happen to me. They happen to people that could care less. Uh, Just like the yeah. people that win fantasy football championships. They people that don't really, a lot of times, they don't, or NCAA tournament yeah, brackets. The, yeah. It's the person in the office that's it's, like, well, I like the colors they wear. Yeah, it's the secretary. Oh, I've been to Minnesota. I went yeah. to Minnesota once, <laughs> and they win $1,000. You've been writing out beautiful mind diagrams for two months and don't win a damn thing. So that's cool, though. So are you going to, like... Watch it at home. Go to go to a sports bar, alumni club. Or I what? think I'm gonna go to my sister's house and watch it. Is she an alum too? Yeah, and my mom. Oh, that's a whole Clemson crew. Mm-hmm. My mom was a professor there for like a year. What does she teach there? Sociology. Ooh. But now, not not anymore. That was just for like a year. So, did you get like a cool discount? No. Really? I don't think. I, I mean, I got a. I had a good scholarship, but I'm pretty sure that's because in high school I did a year's worth of college. Oh. I was dual enrolled in a community college in high school at the same time. So I think that's why I got the scholarship, not because my mom. Mm-hmm. I don't think they cared. <laughs> I don't know. So so if y'all win the championship, are you going to like go down there and or do or just be like, oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm a terrible football fan. Yay, Tigers. I, I like the score. And if I watch it, you know, I like to drink beer. 
Okay. Uh, but <laughs> but I, I don't quite understand everything that is going on in football. I don't know what half the terms mean, mm-hmm. but I don't pretend to. You know, I'm yeah. not like, whoa, Clemson right. downs the – I don't even know. So <laughs> yeah, like, I can't even come up with an could, could you name one player from that team? No. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I never, I like even have a joke in my set about being a bad football fan. I've never claimed to be a good one, you know. It's because I went there and I'm happy they're doing well and I'm sad when they're not, but it's more because everyone else is happy and they're yeah. sad and that's contagious, you know. <sighs> that is great. I w- There's times where I wish I was like that. Where yeah, I just wish I hadn't invested see, so much. Exactly. Nick will be watching the Panthers and stuff and be like, what the hell are you doing? Yes. <laughs> yes. And I'm I'm just like, I can't imagine being this emotionally invested. And here's how here's how irrational it is. I mean, it's what, 32 NFL teams. Correct. So you start a season with a one in thirty two chance. Or less if you're a Lions fan. Or less if you're a Lions fan. <laughs> Yeah, which is the one in three hundred and twenty chance. Yeah, when you get mathematically eliminated a week two of the preseason, that is not a good look. <laughs> that is not a good over. thing. But that's the thing. Like when you invest that much in it, like chances are you're not gonna win. Right. But that's why they call it fanatic. Like fan is short for yeah. fanatical, yeah. and that there's no real rationale to it. Like. You know, I don't. My wife always is looking at me like I don't know why you. Why don't you just? She goes, Why don't you just pick a team that wins? <laughs> like that's it doesn't work like it that. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not as sweet if you just jump from bandwagon to bandwagon. Yeah, I mean, it, I could. You know, I've lived here five years now. I could be a Panthers fan. Right. I'm still a Lions fan. It's it's the only team that I. Yes. Emotionally connect with. You'd be a sellout. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I I can't walk around now that they're 15-1. and one. <laughs> I can't walk around now yeah. with the Panthers shirt on. We're awesome. Woo, we're number one. <laughs> but what what about coworkers uh, that we wore jerseys? People could wear their team's jerseys to work, and they're like, I brought a Cam Newton jersey for you. And my knee started to wiggle a little bit. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. maybe just. <laughs> but now I'm going to stick with my damn yeah, and And I like the Panthers. Um, you know, it, it, it's fun to be here right now mm-hmm. because oh, yeah. they're doing so well. I like seeing, you know, my coworkers and my friends here in Charlotte mm-hmm. who are happy because this team that they followed for 20 years now is doing well. But, but I can't, if they go to the Super Bowl and lose, I'm not going to feel it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas if the Lions would just win a playoff game, I would, I quite remember when the Lions went 0 16. Yep. And then lost their first four games the next year. So they were like 0 20. When they finally won a game, I cried. Did you really? I, I, I cried like a baby. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. It yeah. meant that much. Just to have them actually win a football game for the first time in two years. Yeah. Wow. I bet some yeah. of the players cried. Oh, there were yeah, there were shots of guys walking off the field in tears. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is yeah. So it, 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 that sounds it, insane <laughs> to Spencer. Like what uh, for I, what? <laughs> is I that, can understand if you're a player uh-huh. being upset, but I don't understand if you're. Well, I I don't I don't have anything I'm that invested in. I was going to ask you that. So yeah. there's nothing that just you're so into that if it goes the wrong way, it's just like oh god, like or a singer, an artist, a, a something. No, like I think it would be horrible to go see one of like my heroes and stand up bomb, mm-hmm. but that's that's such a different, <laughs> that's a different thing <laughs> because it's so short lived yeah. and stuff like that. And I wouldn't cry or anything. Like, and I would I wouldn't be yelling during their set. What is this? Punch them <laughs> what harder. Are you doing? <laughs> set up better. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I don't. There's nothing I really feel that like strongly about because I don't know what you would other than sports. Like, I, I can't think of any, unless, like, some people get really into reality shows where they're like, you chose Tom when Mike was the better choice. I don't I don't care right. <laughs> about any of it. So, nope. Wow. Nothing on yeah. that invested in. Wow. What do you, like, when was the last time you cried? Mm. You don't have to tell oh. me what it was, but when was, when was the last time you, you cried? Are you a crier? Uh, no, well, no, not really. Yeah, um, I, every once in a while... If I some something weird will hit me, um, there's like like that Oreo commercial. I think I mentioned that on the podcast before. <laughs> that made me like I'm like oh god, but I I have I don't remember the last time I cried. I know the next time we might cry. Yep. I can oh, tell you nice when, segue. When that is. <laughs> oh gosh, you guys are the worst. We have to we have to break some news yeah. today. Yeah. Um, goodness gracious. Oh, this is hard enough. I thought it would be. 
our uh, our rock. Our ro- she's our rock. Goodness gracious. Uh, Spencer is uh, man. She she's moving on, bro. She's moving on. She doesn't need us anymore. She's you guys uh, are being real traumatic. She's 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 uh, Spencer's Spencer's leaving the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. She's. This is real. This is not a bit. No, this is not it'd an act. It'd be a real long, weird bit. It would be. <laughs> to be this fair, it is a bit, but she is like. <laughs> <laughs> it's both those things. I think the music bed pretty much gives it away as a bit, but. But but Spencer, I mean, you know, tell everybody what what's going on here. Oh, um, the 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 mother of the child I watch, Cal. You guys remember him? Uh, he she's pregnant and she's due on the fifteenth. Wow. Which is next like next week, yeah. Yeah, next Friday. week. So yeah. my hours are gonna change. I'm gonna have two. She she has six months maternity leave. Um, so I'm gonna be a mother's helper with her in the mornings, and then like still have Cal when he's not in school and yada yada yada. Wow. So another wed mother. <laughs> That's just a statistic. <laughs> it's a national tragedy. Another wed mother out here. <laughs> what a sad sad situation. <laughs> So, but but yeah. So Spencer Spencer's moving on, and um, I mean, there's no, there's listen, there's no bright side to this. Okay, I'm no, not gonna pretend. I'm not gonna pretend that I'm all right with this. <laughs> you guys are real silly. Cause I'm not. I'm not. There's a bright side. I won't, like you won't probably be pummeled with insults about like that hat, for instance. <laughs> Your fake glasses. Yeah, the fake glasses. <laughs> that scarf. Spencer, that was part of that was part of your appeal. <laughs> Spencer was always there to bring me down a notch or two. It's true. I didn't take in any of it, but she I know she life. was trying. Yeah. And that's what I appreciate about her. Is that she she tried. Most people would sit across from me and be so intimidated by my comedic greatness and podcast prowess that they Page couldn't boy hat. that they couldn't they couldn't function. Spencer comes in like I'm not a big deal. And she just does she we just had a just a connection, man. Yeah. Yeah. You guys will find someone else. It'll be fine. I'll come back at some point. Where else are we going to find somebody mixed? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's a I'm shallow pool. Aren't we like 9% of the population now? You'll find someone. Oh, please. <laughs> of course you say that. It's in, not, in Hawaii, it's, not it's us, 13%, it's you, right? 13% interracial in Hawaii. Isn't that nuts? Really? That's real high. Yeah. Wow. They have the most interracial people of any state. Hawaii does? Mm-hmm. Oh. Jungle Beaver. <laughs> there's so and there's a lot of different things going on there. They're like there are people mixed with black and Asian and all kinds of stuff. Good lord. Can this song just not be on still? No. Oh. We're fading it out slowly. It's I feel like it's still going. Because it perfectly represents you fading out slowly. Right. And it's going to I'm gonna fade out kind of quick. <laughs> you know what? Know. Uh, so t- tell us honestly, what are you gonna miss about this podcast? Brian. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> well, I go without saying, so I'm glad you mentioned Brian. <laughs> it's good that you mentioned Brian. But no, that's 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 cool. That's cool that Cal's gonna have a new uh, little sibling. Yeah, old and, boy. And that family must really just adore you to to want you to be yeah. there with the new little one. Yeah, I'm real excited. I li- I like babies. Babies are straight. So if we had to lose Spencer, we're losing her to a baby. Yeah, I mean, it, you can't mm-hmm. knock the baby because I want to hate on the baby. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> but that's not okay. No. Is it a boy or a girl? It's a boy. His name's Max. Max, mm-hmm. right? So a baby named Max. I mean, come on. Yeah, you can't. You can't get mad at that. He's probably cute and shit. Yeah. It, is he gonna be cute? I, well, <laughs> I, how's he look on the sonogram? Have you seen the sonogram? <laughs> is he cute? His parents are attractive. Cal's real cute, so I assume he's gonna be very uh, cute. Just, yeah, just a big old happy, cute ass family, and they leave <laughs> us. Here. And they're stealing Spencer from us. And they're stealing Spencer. But that's... Sorry, mates. That's all right. But we'll call and check in on her from time Absolutely, to time. Absolutely, right? yeah. 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 I mean, I can come back Hopefully sometimes. you'll come visit sometime. Yeah, you can I don't bring... know my schedule yet, yeah. so I might, you know, be able to come back a lot. Who knows? And you'll uh, be here next uh, week, at least. Slow, slow down, Spencer. I don't know about <laughs> coming back. <laughs> we already played the song. We Get out. We're already having meetings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so we're look, it's sure. out of sight, out of mind. It's like a breakup. I don't need to be seeing you every <laughs> few weeks, all right? I can't, I can't handle that emotion. Have headphones on with someone else. You guys are like, what is this? Why are you wearing those? <laughs> Whose microphone is this? Well, uh, apparently we were going to lose her in a year anyway. Yeah, so this so is, we might as well either. get it over with. Are you going to move at some point, you think? I would imagine so. I, I, where, where, Where's your... You know, that's a great question. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'll be having conversations with you and other folks, you know, seeing yeah, how you seeing like how it. it goes. And, yeah. 
You know, I don't, how I don't much, know. How much do you think – wait, let's see if we have time for that. Yeah. How much do you think someone has to save before they move? Like if you were going to save – you're in a marriage, so mm-hmm. I'm assuming you're saving for two people. How much before I, you move? Uh, don't assume that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, for two – no, I'm kidding. Uh, I, I would say – because I don't know prices in LA, I'm winging this. But if I if I were moving, I, I would say a few thousand dollars. I yeah. I would say few, six thousand. Six thousand per person. Yeah, six thousand. So twelve thousand for you and your wife, or maybe a little under. A little under that. So so two people. I say me and my wife. If we were going, I'd I'd be comfortable with about. Uh, Nine thousand. Nine thousand. Well, how do you feel? I would. Yeah, I think that. Remember, rent is super expensive. Yeah, I've there. So you're gonna get like you know a place like this for like a thousand dollars a month. Yeah. Like this room, which the three of us barely fit in. Um. So I would. I would think you know so that you could go six months without working you know what i mean just yeah I, i'm planning so figure for out how much money you need per month to live i've and, read yeah. online and stuff and a bunch of Canadians say 90 days of no job yeah. Yeah. um just doing comedy so that's what yeah. i'm planning for so okay. you think six yeah all right I'm, my goal is 10. I'm a very practical person i'm gonna live like I'm months s- or ten thousand ten thousand i'm gonna live oh, like I i'm think, poor yeah. Yeah. like i'm super poor here for the year like i have no money Mm-hmm. And just try to put as much in savings as possible. Well, I I am happy for you. I'm Thank happy you. to hear because this is my first time hearing that. I'm excited for you, and I will be, you know, following in a year suit. when this happens. Yeah. I, well, following you, I be. mean, just following, you know, checking and seeing how it's going, and <laughs> bugging you from time to time. You know, Will and I are going to come crash on your futon. <laughs> come will crash who? on the futon. <laughs> this is who. It doesn't ring a bell. Jacobs. Jacobs. She might might forget us all. (laughs) Oh, and and let me mention this because I don't want to mention this one on the first second. We got a great podcast today. Yeah. Yeah. We got, not only do we have Chris Porter. Who's who's great. Fantastic. Yeah. Very funny. We got Mick Foley. Mick Foley. The hardcore legend WWE Hall of Famer. We. With the, and the biggest feather in his cap being he got to perform with me for two nights. That's right. Last yes. night and the night before. Yes. And I'm actually, I'm super tired because we drove to Greenville, drove back uh, last night. So we didn't even stay the night. So I'm going on like four hours of sleep. Yeah. So if, if I'm saying anything that doesn't make sense, damn it, it's because I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I asked you this before. Now, you were uh, a wrestling fan growing up. Absolutely. Huge wrestling fan. So if you told... I own the WWE Network. I'm a subscriber. <laughs> if I you, only use it for the pay-per-views, but I am a subscriber. If you told 12-year-old Will Jacobs yeah. that <laughs> one day you were going to be chauffeuring Mick Foley, mankind, around in a car yeah, and performing with him, sharing the stage with him, yeah, what would 12-year-old Will Jacobs have said? Uh, first of all, I think 12-year-old Jacobs would say that adult Will Jacobs doesn't chauffeur anybody. Uh, <laughs> so I, don't, I wouldn't have called it chauffeuring. Uh, I, number one, I would have considered it heading to a gig with uh, Mick Foley. I would have looked at it that way. Okay, uh, But I would have thought, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I bet, I bet cool. you would have been like, oh, I turned into a wrestler. No, no, no. <laughs> cool, I'll be you tell jokes. <laughs> <laughs> right. It would have been so confusing. <laughs> you, oh. <laughs> Wait, okay. <laughs> I thought <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it would have been it would have been confusing, but it's been. I mean, Spencer can attest to the same thing. Like some of the people you grew up, you know, really into or looking at, you meet them and you interact with them. And comedy has been a fun ride. I yeah, mean, I, you you meet people that you've see, only seen on television or only heard yeah, on the radio yeah. and podcasts and stuff, and that's it's always awesome. Has it gotten to the point for you where that's happened so much that it's like? It, it, it has I, for me it it happens a lot but i have very specific like heroes i guess mm-hmm. um i got to meet emo and that was like mind-blowing mm-hmm. uh but i have yet to meet a couple of them i've seen them i've mm-hmm. been and seen i've seen them perform but yet to meet them so eventually it'll get to that point it gets to the point where i'm like oh i've seen them on tv i've seen them on tv this is cool but yeah. like as far as like my comedic heroes i still have a whiles to go to meet a couple of them put uh, let's put a, i want to put a little pin in that for next time and i want to talk about heroes and and kind of commit yeah. that, that cause just you guys by yourselves feeling sad you're, you're gonna be here next week aren't you no why would i be here next week why, why are we saying goodbye if i'm not uh, oh wait. this is the I last one gonna, no 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 you told me you were done on the oh 15th. yeah yeah, I think I could come next week. That's why the baby's due that day. So I'm going to assume... Play the music again, Brian. I'm going to assume I can come. But I, I completely forgot. Yeah, I think I'll be here next week. But Will Jacobs has to go. You better tell her yeah, to hold off on that baby. All right. Uh, we'll be back. 
Well, bet yet. Yeah. Uh, With another Mick Foley segment. coming up next. Mick Foley, Chris Porter. Uh, Chris Porter, segment three. This is segment one. We just Correct. started. Correct. So we'll be back. You're right. Yes. Hi. I didn't even have to hold up the card. Hug your puppies. Hey guys, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2016 at the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina. Lots of great shows coming up starting, of course, this weekend. Chris Porter in town uh, January, uh, what is that, January 8th, 9th, and 10th. That's Friday through uh, Sunday, January 8th, 9th, and 10th, 2016. Another show is coming up this year next week, January 21st through 23rd. Pablo Francisco is here. Joey Coco Diaz, January 28th through 30th. Piff the Magic Dragon, February 4th through 6th. Uh, those uh, tickets are moving really fast. If you have any intent on seeing Piff the Magic Dragon uh, when he is here at the Comedy Zone in Charlotte on February 4th through the 6th, you will want to get those tickets as soon as possible at cltcomedyzone.com. Carlos Mencia, of course, coming up one night only, uh, coming out of retirement for the show, Craig Shoemaker, one night only, February 21st. Josh Wolf uh, coming to town. Arsenio Hall will be here. Also, uh, just announced uh, and uh, tickets just on sale publicly right now. Uh, uh, a night with uh, filmmaker Kevin Smith coming up in April as well. Uh, you can follow all the shows coming to the Comedy Zone and to buy tickets, go right to the Comedy Zone website at cltcomedyzone.com to keep up. Follow the club on Twitter and Instagram at clt. Uh, uh, that's actually at Comedy Zone CLT. And of course, you can find us on Facebook. Welcome back, Comedy Zone Podcast. I'm here with the man. How would I intro you? The legendary. That's a good way to start. That's a good start. The legendary <laughs> uh, wrestling superstar and, and author and, and actor and everything else. Mick Foley. How you doing, brother? I'm, do, I'm doing great. Yeah, you can't go wrong with legendary. <laughs> That's always a good start, right? <laughs> yeah. So how you, how you enjoying Charlotte, man? Man, I'm a little. Uh, I'm still just you know basking in the glow of the show we had uh, on uh, on Wednesday. Uh, great atmosphere, mm-hmm. and I, I was just thinking, you know, as you were giving me that great introduction, this was actually one of the very first real clubs that I did because uh, I'd started doing the you know the things. I still not not sure what it is. Not exactly comedy, but they are humorous stories. But a guy, uh, a veteran of the industry named Reverend Bob Levy. Do you, mm-hmm. Are you familiar with Bob? He was one of Howard Stern's like sidekicks. <laughs> and Bob is a great comic, one of the funniest guys I've ever heard, but he's absolutely filthy, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was working like kind of a, like PG slash R. I've gone a little more PG over the years. But it was like definitely, you know, Bob would go on after me and he would kill. Mm. But there were people who were like visibly uneasy because they'd come to see me and they did and they're like well, who is this guy we're unleashing but bob had burned so many bridges that we never actually did a club like when i after when i started doing good, good clubs and i got a, a real agent um i tried to to get bob on the show with me and my agent said here's the quote Bob Levy is not allowed through the doors <laughs> ever. <laughs> and, and so I, uh, a wrestler named Hurricane Helms, uh, mm-hmm. former WWE uh, guy, uh, I've been in a bad motorcycle accident. North Carolina, he's a North Carolina guy. I wanted to do a benefit. So I actually reached out to Joel uh, from the Comedy Zone. Mm-hmm. And so that I called him about, about doing a show. And that was really kind of my introduction not, not that i hadn't gone around the new york clubs judah freelander would take me around yeah. and i'd done a lot of things you know little things at bigger venues but this was kind of my first big show oh wow yeah yeah good good memory so then how do you how did you make the transition from i mean from being an athlete being a wrestler to your own show and comedy and yeah it, i'm yeah. sure there's a lot of parallels there are there are a lot of parallels i'd say um, I'd done uh, quite a bit of college speaking too. I mean, you know, like maybe like 60, 70 colleges over like a seven year period. Oh, so it man. wasn't something I was doing regularly, but I would do it, you know, every now and then for several years. And what you find out when you get into an actual comedy club is there's a difference between being funny, like at a at a college speech, <laughs> and actually being funny 
on stage where you know at a club like you know you go to a college and it's an evening with and if you tell a funny story it's kind of a bonus right but when you're on a stage whether or not you consider yourself a storyteller or a comic you're supposed to be funny right you know and i i would say the worst thing happened to me that could happen to a comic is when i went out there the first time improv in los angeles First of all, it's a small room, but it's really difficult to sell out because it's L.A. and L.A. and New York are probably the two hardest markets to sell out. Mm. And it did sell out, and I did pretty good. That was the worst thing could happen to me because oh. I thought, oh, this, oh, this is going to be easy. Yeah. And uh, and then I went about you know trying to trying to really learn comedy, which was probably a mistake because I essentially went from my strong point, which was telling wrestling stories, to saying I'm going to be one of those guys, not realizing it takes ten years to yeah. really get there. Mm-hmm. And so people were coming to see me as a wrestler and I'm telling, you know, observational, political <laughs> stuff. And uh, one guy, and since that, it really hurt me. I mean, this day, like I thought I had a pretty good show and he saw me outside. He goes, why aren't you talking about wrestling? Wow. And it was like, oh, that hurts. It took me like three, four years to understand that that was kind of, it was actually at the, the, the Montreal, I was good, doing well enough to get to the Just for Laughs Festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once I realized there was like 250 funnier guys than me in the hotel, wow. that's when I realized maybe I should <laughs> At the be hotel. At the hotel. Yeah, you just see guys coming. Yeah, Key and Peel, you, oh. uh, you know. You know, like guys, you know, who, who were just, and even guys who didn't have names, like big names. You'd go to a showcase and be like, that guy's great. You know, and it's, you know guys from Australia, all over the world. I'm like... I'm going to be the wrestling guy, you know, right, that's, yeah. uh, you know, uh, that's, that's really where I fit in. And, and once you kind of accept that, mm-hmm. you, you do much better. Now, was it, was it almost a gift and a curse that way? Because a lot of, I mean, being a comic myself, a lot of what makes good comedy is that you have an interesting life story Yeah, and yours, it doesn't get a lot more <laughs> interesting than what you've done previous to yeah. comedy. But at the same time, do people let you do your show, or are they constantly yelling out, "Oh, give us some mankind, give us some"? They're, no, they're pretty good. Uh, I mean, I go out of my way to do uh, weekday shows because you know the you've oh, been done yeah. the late night Friday shows, right? Like oh, it's yeah. the first time I experienced a late night Friday show was in London, where I'd done good show on Thursday, really good early show, and in my mind, I'm thinking I'm going to hit this thing out of the park. And I went out there, it was like, I'm looking at a room full of strangers. And I came off the, the stage and I asked this Irish comic named Mick Thomas, I said, what the heck just happened? Even when I'm angry, I don't really curse. You know, I said, what the heck just happened? He goes, and this is the worst Irish brogue you'll ever hear. He goes, Steve Martin's autobiography begins, it's a terrible brogue, right? <laughs> begins with the question, why did I stop doing comedy? Four words, Friday Night Late Show. And I went, what, what, what is it? What is it? What is about the Late Show? And tried telling me alcohol, people are tired, but you can come up with any reason you want. It never completely explains to me why the atmosphere is so much different on a Friday as opposed to a Saturday. But on the weekdays, especially, um, you know, I can think people are more patient and uh, they give me some space to kind of do my things. Occasionally, you get somebody yelling for something and uh, and then i'll politely address them yeah do you ever get tired of talking about (laughs) wrestling or getting questions about because i would tell you what i found out we were gonna do this interview. i'm a huge wrestling like i you know like i've seen i've been in the front row and seen some of your matches by the way let me put in my undertaker hell in a cell (laughs) (laughs) the bottom teeth yeah I, i realized i gotta i took them out to eat something you know, yeah, uh, you know what? We'll see. Hopefully, you have some good questions. One of the toughest things I do a Q and A every every show, and people kind of expect that it gives them a little comfort, so they they're not coming to a completely like uh, you, you know um, new experience. And one of the toughest things is handling those questions you've gotten hundreds, if not thousands, of times, and trying to make them seem fresh. Mm. You know, like what's your favorite? What is favorite of your three characters? And then you try to like spin that into a story about one of the characters. Yeah. Uh, and and then I've watched enough uh, Meet the Press over the years to watch politicians oh, yeah. just sidestep questions and mm-hmm. give an answer to a question that wasn't asked. Mm-hmm. So if it's a you know if it's a question you know that. Um, doesn't lend itself to a story i'll sometimes create a story 
Right. Yeah. Well, well, let me ask you this because you you talked about the the Hell in the Cell match, and that's I mean for any wrestling fan. I mean, there's there's moments, you know, like when if you're a basketball fan with Michael Jordan dunked from the free throw line. <laughs> if you're a wrestling fan, you know this moment. And, yeah. But I'm when I looked at that and I remember being younger and as I got older and got a family of my own, I started having a different perspective on things like that. And one. So one question I want to ask you is what's a moment like that? How is that moment for your family? I mean, because you yeah. are experiencing it. Yeah. But, you know, you got a wife and what, four children. Yeah. Yeah. I had two at the time. And uh, it was a difficult night because uh, I always called back after called home after a pay per view because you know I did things that could be accurately defined as stupid <laughs> out there. And I called home every after every show with the exception of that one. Mm. And I thought I had a legitimate excuse, you know, which was I was unconscious. Uh, <laughs> and so it was like hours later uh, afterwards when uh, Dave Hebner came up and said, you know, you need to call your wife. She's really upset. And uh, when I, you know, <laughs> you know, I got on the phone, she was literally yelling at me, yelling, wow. you know, yelling at me. And, uh, you know, the kids thought you were dead. Wow. So that was, uh, yeah, that was a that was a bad night. And then, like, the challenge when I come on, you know, do these shows is now you, you have to, this is, that's kind of a depressing story. Mm -hmm. You try to find, like, the humor in that, in that match in that evening and it's actually like all over the place if you dig you know dig hard hard enough and and actually I, I think in two years i'd like to do a show for the wwe network it's just just about that night because oh, that there be was good. there was so much and it's, someone could prod me you know into a question about the cell and i can kind of turn the volume up to 11 and, uh, you know, and come up with some good stories. Well, I, I, I looked at that. And number one, a, a great angle would be, what the hell was that like for The Undertaker? <laughs> like, did I just kill a guy? Like, what? Because how do you maintain, you know, after, you, after yeah. something like that happens? You could see him really looking uneasy up there. Not after I went off the first time, but when I came uh, through. Can we climb back up? And, you know, momentarily I had that big adrenaline rush. You know, I mean, to this day, you look at that match, and when the when I come off that stretcher, if you're if you're listening at home and you haven't seen it, and you're even if you're not a wrestling fan, YouTube Hell in a Cell, yeah. not just the you clips, do that. but the match. It's a pretty wild emotional ride, and when I come off the stretcher and people realize we're going back up, you know, it was like ah, it makes me it makes the hairs you know on my arm like you can see them. I stand it up on end. Like I still I still feel that way, and then you know just seconds later, boom! I choke slammed through the cell, and I hit that canvas, and I was out. And then you know not only that, but the chair that was up on top of that. Sell. That was why. That was a wise move to bring that up there with me. That's what ended up hitting me in the face and knocking. You know, yeah, knocking my teeth out. Um, so, yeah, and Undertaker, you know, thought I was either really hurt or possibly, you know, possibly dead. Wow. <laughs> and that's. I'd actually. I was tired. Like, uh, I was tired of that story. I really was tired of that story until. I was inducted to the Hall of Fame in 2013, and Terry Funk, with an N, in case you know there's any FCC stuff going on, he inducted me and gave this great speech, and he kind of uh, uh, shone or shined a light, whatever is grammatically correct, <laughs> on uh, on what the Undertaker had said to him because uh, you know back in 1998 we didn't stop <laughs> matches, you know mm -hmm. we bought time. And so in, in the hopes of buying me time, Terry uh, entered the ring. And then it was that he said the Undertaker turned to him and just said, just casually said, see if he's alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, see if he's alive. And I was standing like six feet behind. This is like, you know, arguably, you know, the, you know, the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. And I'm standing six feet behind him, behind the curtain. And like I got to chill all the way down, like all the way down one leg down to my foot. You know, the different types of chills. And that, mo that night just became brand new for me. You know, like Terry actually goes over, like checks on me, comes back to The Undertaker and reports that, He's still breathing. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, we found a way to, you know, if you want to see uh, a wrestling match continue when one of the participants is no longer conscious. Wow. That's the match. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was, and like you, again, I don't mean to talk so much, no, no, but um, one of the things that's pointed out to me every once in a while that I forget about, and I've never once addressed on stage 
is that I actually wasn't even done after that match. I came out and did a run-in uh, during the, the, the match between Austin and Kane. And it was like, in retrospect, that's the one thing where they should have sat And WWE's done a lot of right moves, you know, as far as, you know, <laughs> head injuries and things that. like that. But after that, they should have gone, we're not going to have you run in on, yeah. on, the, uh, on the main event. And sure enough, I mean, it was like the slowest, worst, most pathetic run-in. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, the people live are like, I can't believe this guy's still moving, let alone right. coming out and, you know, uh, like interfering in a match. So, so, then, so then with your, with your legacy, because I mean, you you were you know you were a guy that you know you won the title, yep. right? Yeah. Uh, just once though, right? Well, I, you what know, what? three one? times with the uh, uh, one time and it was seventeen years and like uh, five days ago, we just celebrated the seventeenth anniversary, and so many people recalled it fondly, like on social media. And I had that for like a month, and then uh, I was also champion for uh, uh, five days and less than twenty four hours. Oh, so that's right. Three times, three times. So would you would you trade the legacy you do have okay. for you know winning a bunch of championships? Because I, you I, like you're one of the the preeminent figures yeah, in the history yeah. of that. No, no, I yeah, I I never you know. Even if I hadn't won that, and that title was a surprise, you know, it was a real surprise to me. And when I say surprise, I don't mean, uh, you know, I didn't have knowledge. But that when I found out, I, I thought it was a bad idea to give me a world title. Like, <laughs> And I remember The Rock looking around like he was waiting for someone to, like, jump out of a bush and say, like, gotcha. Because generally, like, nobody, like, tries to talk the boss out of a, you know, out of a title run. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did. So uh, <laughs> he talked uh, about yeah, it. No, I didn't talk. I tried to. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's a good move, Vince. And Mick, you know. And then he t- told me why they wanted to do it. So uh, once I won that thing, you know, it, it gave me a whole new perspective on the title. I never really, you know, uh, uh, I considered that like a key to being a success because I never thought it was in the cards. And then once I had it, it was like, oh, I was like a kid with a candy bar. Yeah. Oh, man. Pretty so do enjoyable. You, do you think you get, because people focus on your career and they talk about all the amazing matches and the things you, you know, falling through the table, falling off the, but do you get, you think you get the credit as a talker? Yeah. I, I mean, do you, behind them, like on the <laughs> mic, you were one of the great ones too. And I don't know if people give you uh, that credit. Yeah, I, I think guys who really uh, study it uh, put me up there in that top tier. And uh, even guys you know who are casual fans thought that I was entertaining, you know. And, yeah. Uh, like, I always tried to build my opponent. These are, like, little – this is, like, the, you know, the wrestling version of bringing a runner from first to third with, right. you know, uh, you know, a fly, you know, for the a single to the, you know, the um, – opposite field like the little things that not everybody would see but i always had that in mind like when i was done wrestling a guy if we had a program as we say like a series of matches if that guy wasn't more valuable to the company than he was when we started i thought that program was a failure and and i don't think a lot of guys went about about their work that way so that was one of the things that i you know that i did that maybe people you know wouldn't know enough about to give me credit for right well, you just did the same thing for this podcast. This is a more <laughs> valuable podcast than it was before you came in. So we, we appreciate right. your time, Mick. Thanks for sitting with us for a few minutes, man. My pleasure. And what a, what, a great, what a great experience it was on Wednesday. I'll never forget it. Thanks, Will. Absolutely, man. We'll be back. Hey guys, Mick Foley can be found on Twitter at RealMickFoley. Also, uh, search for his uh, website. You can find out all his dates. Uh, This may be his last tour. So uh, if you're a WWE fan, you want to catch Mick Foley, check out his dates. RealMickFoley, the Twitter account. Chris Porter coming up in the next segment. I am Chris Porter is his Twitter account as well. Keep up with us at the Comedy Zone Podcast by following us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast and finding the Facebook page. Search for the Comedy Zone Podcast on Facebook. Pick some links from each week's shows on that page. Also, uh, for the crew, Will Jacobs is at I am Will Jacobs. Spencer Taylor is at Spencer Taylor. I'm at NCBalto72. Remember to check out the show on iTunes and Stitcher. On iTunes, make sure you subscribe, rate us, leave a review. It's the best way to help the show continue to grow. And while you're at it, tell two or maybe three friends about us or tweet about us. Uh, Tweet to us. We uh, try to respond to every tweet. You can uh, interact with us on Twitter and uh, Facebook as well. But uh, most importantly, just uh, keep telling folks about it. Keep listening. Looking forward to doing really cool things in 2016.
Welcome back to the Comedy Zone podcast. We have a real special guest here. We have Chris Porter. What up? Hey. How are you? Good. I dig your hat. I thank you very much. How are you on this beautiful Charlotte day? Warm, well, sunny. It's yeah. <laughs> perfect. Uh, yeah, it's been very, it's very nice. I'm going to go tan later. I'm just going to go lay out and freeze. It's like the worst type of rain. It's the misty kind of rain that won't commit. Just the kind that annoys you. Oh, you sound like you have some personal problems you need to get through. <laughs> it won't commit and it won't call me. And it won't look at me when we make love. I hate this rain. Uh, I actually like this rain. Really? I like I like you like misty. Now I, 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 it's a bummer that we have to go do stuff. Like yeah. I, had to, I had to leave the hotel, but I like these are the days I like waking up in my apartment and and going. Oh, okay, I don't have to do anything. Yeah, today. I, will, I will agree. If you're inside, rain is the best. Yeah, it's the, an excuse. It's okay. like the Earth said, "Yeah, relax." <laughs> exactly. So, how was your flight? It was good. It was long. I uh, I was a little too high when I got on the plane. Oh, when you got on. I didn't know if this was going to be a joke. No, no. I, you know, it's, I live in California. So, so you have to you have to smoke before you get on. Do you have anxiety? I don't or? have to. It's oh, okay. just I wanted to go to sleep when I got on the plane, <laughs> and I knew there that would help. So uh, I did, and I got on the plane, and I passed out. And then I had a weird dream that we landed in Tokyo. And I don't, normally on planes when I sleep... It's just like a long blink. Mm -hmm. It's like my eyes shut and then I wake up three hours later not having dreamt anything. So it was very weird to have a very vivid, cognizant dream uh, about a plane ride. And then I had a dream that I landed in Tokyo and had no idea what I was doing there. And then I woke up on a plane in real life and it was very disorienting do you move in your sleep at all or like talk i hope not yeah, i was just thinking the person uh, sitting next to you uh they weren't staring at me the only time i've ever been stared at on a plane was uh when i was sleeping <laughs> i woke myself up with a fart of my own <laughs> and i woke up like mid fart and was like you know when you wake yourself up with a fart which i've done before uh, in my own bed, you wake up with like a kind of a weird smile on your face. Like, yeah, that feels good. And I had that, and then I opened my eyes and realized I was on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked over, and this old lady was just staring at me, like, "How dare you!" And I just, I just smiled and went right back to sleep. And that woman. I, I remember getting off the plane. She just wouldn't stop looking at me like, <laughs> like what yes, is wrong with you? Yeah. It was like, <laughs> I had to smell that for 13 minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, that was the most awkward getting off a plane ever. <laughs> so you're originally from Kansas. I am originally. I don't from know Kansas. if I've ever met anyone from Kansas. Um, a lot of people don't leave. <laughs> a lot of You're people a, uh, a lot people of people stay there for a long time um what's it like i don't know the terrain i don't know it's very well i grew up in kansas city or at least the rural so like i grew up on the far outskirts of kansas city so eastern kansas has some hills and but you get into central and western kansas and it's about as flat as you've ever seen in your entire life yeah. like the big joke in Kansas is that you can leave your house and drive for two hours and get out of your car and still see your house. <laughs> <laughs> oh so so you, uh, were yeah. you eager to leave or did you do you miss it? Uh, I was eager to leave. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people in Kansas are eager to leave. Very few actually do. Oh, that's uh, so sad. <laughs> that's like a, well, a sad and I turn. think that's any state. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, that applies in Michigan and Ohio yeah. and Indiana. Like. I think a lot of people have delusions of grandeur, it's, uh, but a lot of people get jobs in real life or, or just don't want to leave their family or what they're comfortable with. And yeah. I, did, I didn't want to do that either, but the calling, I, you know, I had to. Like, I was either, either that or get a real job. You yeah. know, being a stand-up comedian, there's only so many things you can do in Kansas. And uh, so it was time to move. And, uh, but I do miss Kansas City. Uh, however, that being said, I don't think I could live there right yeah. now. Like there's just nothing 
for me. I live in LA where I can call someone on a Tuesday afternoon at one thirty and say, yeah. do you want to get breakfast? <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to do that. <laughs> and I, in Kansas city, I'm come home and I call my friend. You want to do lunch? I'm like, no, I have to work. You idiot. I have a job. <laughs> so, uh, I don't, yeah, so I love Kansas City. I just I don't have any reason to be there right now. So there's no there's not a big I don't I don't really know much about Kansas as far as comedy, but what you're saying is there wasn't a big enough comedy scene. There's a scene. There's definitely a really good scene in Kansas City, but yeah, no scene other than LA or New York is going to get you anywhere. Yeah. You know, very I mean, there are people that you know, never, you know, didn't that get discovered and not move to LA, but that's mm-hmm. you. You have a better chance of winning the Powerball, I think, <laughs> than that happening. What made you decide between New York and LA? What made you go LA? Being from Kansas, I like to be outside, mm-hmm. and I just I'm also kind of a worst case scenario guy. Like I, I just feel like if you prepare for the worst, the best is fine. You know, mm-hmm. so. My thought process was when I move out there, I will probably be broke yeah. and and not have a lot of money. So the question was, where do you want to live broke? Ah, that's smart. Uh. And uh, L.A. just seemed like a better, like I can go to the beach, I can go to the park. Yeah. I can go do a lot of things for free. You can go to the park in New York. It's just scarier. It's just night. scarier. <laughs> and it's, you know, in December, it's 38 degrees. Exactly. Uh, so in LA, you know, there's not a lot of winter and a winter. There's a lot of winners. I'm not one of them, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it was just like, yeah, if I'm going to be broke, where would I want to live in LA? Just, I, I went to New York and it was fun, but I was like, I, if I need to make like $300,000 a year to live here the way I'd want to live. Yeah. So, uh, LA was the way. And, uh, it worked out well. I moved out there, and six months later, I got Last Comic Standing. Wow. That's awesome. Which is rare. So how long were you doing stand-up before you got onto season four? Eight years. Eight years. Yeah, yeah. I made sure, because I saw so many comics in my scene get 15 good minutes together and then move to L.A., mm-hmm. and they were back in eight months yeah. with not a lot to show for it. So. I was very hesitant to make that move. And so I kind of told myself, don't move until it's the last thing you can do. Yeah. And so by the time I moved to L.A., I'd been on the road for a long time and uh, I was ready. And and I and it got to a point where I was headlining the local club and I was starting to open at the theater for whatever mm-hmm. big headliner would come in. And it was just like, OK, I'm literally I've hit the ceiling. So. I felt like that was the good time to leave. Well, and and I also feel like that's why I've been successful being out there was that it was like, well, I can't go back. Like I've already done that. So yeah, that's helped. It's, it's weird when, you know, you move out to LA and you've, you have unfinished business back home. That's, I feel like that's why a lot of people move back is they're like, Oh, I can still go do this there. So yeah. Oh, well, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm make, I want to make a move at some point. So that was like an interesting perspective, just. Well, and also I, I think everyone's journey is different. Like, uh, not to be inappropriate, but you're an attractive girl. Like maybe you moving out there a little sooner might be beneficial because you could do something if you're funny and, and you're attractive and like that's beneficial and you know, you can get on TV that way. So. Uh, but for me, just being an average to unaverage looking white dude, uh, you know, there's a lot of us out there. So it's like I needed I needed to have like a really good act to separate myself. So I don't recommend that for I don't recommend my path for everyone. Uh, you should go whenever you feel ready, I feel. Oh, cool. Um yeah, but also don't be, you know, a lot of people get scared. A lot of people, you know, the funniest thing is when I go home and they're like, how did you move to L.A.? How did you do that? I was, well, I, I, I put all my shit in my car. And <laughs> I drove to Los Angeles, and when I got there, I stopped. And oh, I man, took, did uh, you drive? Took, yeah. How far is Kansas from? I have geography. Ge- I have no idea. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> Kansas is in the middle of the country. All right. And 
there's these things called the Rocky Mountains in between Kansas and Colorado or California. So what you have to you have to go around them. Oh gosh. So it takes 36. I mean, you can go through them. It takes the same amount of time no matter which way you go. But it takes about 36 hours really? driving. Or no, I'm sorry. No, that's not right. That's not right. It takes about 27 hours driving. Okay. It seemed a little high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It take uh it it's like 13 hours the first day and 12 the next day. Did you power through the whole thing? No, I stop. I've done the drive about five or six times and I just stop in Albuquerque. Uh there's an embassy suites <laughs> that I've stayed at several times. But yeah, it's that's a good middle point. If you leave at 6 a.m., you can get there by 6 p.m. their time, and then you have dinner and you sleep, and then you wake up, and you're usually in L.A. by 3 or 4. What's your routine? You say you do a lot of road work. What keeps you sane, like on the road? You know, the road is pretty, like it kind of sets a routine for you. Mm-hmm. Like you get in on Thursday, you do the show. And then Friday morning's a bunch of radio and media and stuff. And then this afternoon I'll go home and I'll sleep uh, till three or four, maybe get some writing done uh, and then do the shows. And then tonight will be my night to have a couple drinks and maybe party a little bit. And then tomorrow, Saturday, I'll watch some football and get some writing done and go have a nice lunch, maybe check out a museum. Mm Mm-hmm. And then and then Sundays kind of get ready to go and pack your stuff up and get ready to leave town again. Yeah. Well, so, who's, your, who's your team? You said you'll watch them. Uh, the Chiefs. I'm a, I'm from Kansas City. Uh, you know, I don't think this is their year by any stretch, but uh, I still want to support them. So you're not a bandwagoner. You you stay with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a Kansas. Like I was a Royals fan long before they were any good. Uh. And, and but that's what makes it fun. Like this year when we won the World Series, it meant something because I was around in 2003 when it was, you know, if you showed up early enough in a September game at the Royal Stadium, you could you could play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, one of the players yeah. would just be like, "I don't want to play today." And you <laughs> All can just right. Do it. Come on down. Uh, so. You know, so that's what's great. I mean, I don't, I'm not, I've never been a wagon jumper just because it's like there's no fun in that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fun to watch your team struggle. It's fun and to then... watch your team and it's fun <laughs> to watch them do well. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Especially you guys from Carolina. It's like you guys have watched your team struggle and now you guys are 15 and 1 and this could definitely be your year. Yeah. Yeah. It, I'm a Lions fan, so I can uh, appreciate your. Woof. Yeah. You know what the Royals <laughs> yeah. went through for I a do. long time. Yeah. yeah. And you know what it was, you know. You Barry Sanders for you was like our Mike Sweeney, exactly. like that that <laughs> exactly. one guy yeah. that you'd buy the jersey, and then the rest of them was a bunch of people you'd never heard yeah. of before. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's I've never gotten the wagon jump, and you know a lot of people do it. They just they just get behind the winners, and yeah. that's they want the gear. The they winning want the gear. yeah the yeah. winning gear. It's like why do you have a Patriots jacket? And a Raiders jacket. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, I've got friends who are like, you know, I'm a Giants fan and a a Raiders fan. and a, yeah. But no, you can't. You get one team. Yeah, you, you get, get one, one team. team that you emotionally And it should probably be where you're from. Exa- thank you. Yeah. There are some people that are like, I'm a Chiefs fan and here's why. Yeah. And and I and my buddy uh, who's from New York is a huge Chiefs fan, and he's got some weird story on why, and it's and it's interesting. And you're like, okay, I give that to you. Never seen him play live, uh, but <laughs> it's like, yeah, but it's also like the people that, you know, there's people in Albuquerque that are Yankees fans, yeah. 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 and it's like, why? I was like, well, I like the hat. And, you know, it's not really what it's about, is it? <laughs> it's not it's it's yeah i don't also i also don't like bands that are popular right, right. for the most for the most part but do you you can bandwagon that too you could be like i don't like this band just because it's popular so are yeah, you one of those and, and i do okay <laughs> i am guilty of that sometimes like if and i am the guy like i'll definitely be skeptical like everyone loves this guy you'll love him and nine times out of t- granted nine times out of ten i give him a chance and i'm like nope yeah <laughs> Like when the Bruno Mars, like I like Bruno Mars, and when that Uptown Funk song came out, like all oh. my friends were like, "You're gonna love this. You are gonna <laughs> love this song." Because I love old school funk and Motown yeah. and all that, and they played it for me. I'm like, "Yeah, it's great. Uh, if you buy a Gap Band record, you'll hear this." <laughs> and it was from 25 years yeah. ago. Yeah. 
Uh, or if you want to play a Morris Day in the Time record, yeah. like there's a bunch, like, and that was my thing. I was like, I've heard this before. Yeah. I'm really glad this song's popular, but I don't need to hear it because I know more about music. <laughs> you know, I can yeah. go play a Parliament record and it's way better. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think, yeah, I'm I'm that way with music, but it's because I have a, I'm pretty educated in music, so it's like. But you give it a chance. That's I the do give there it a chance. There are some people who don't like things just because they're popular. But there are some, yeah. But like you two, I have, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get why they're filling arenas. Like it's just. It, have you ever asked them? Like send a fan mail. Have hey, man. Say, hey man, what's your deal? What's going on? <laughs> but I also I also have some respect because I've read interviews with Bono where he's like, our fans are not the hippest people on the planet. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well at least you know it. <laughs> you know, and like I'm, you know, I'm friends with some pretty heavy rock stars, and they're just like they're down to earth dudes that know. Heavy as in like fat. No, like just like everyone knows who they are. <laughs> Uh, I mean, everyone has their moments. <laughs> everyone eats a little too much gravy. <laughs> so I did that this morning. I had top five biscuits and gravy I've ever had at an Exxon station. Oh, <laughs> I didn't expect that last part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't either. But I growing up in Kansas City, some of the best barbecue in town was at a yeah. gas station. So when when Mike was like, "Do you like Southern biscuits?" I was like, "I'll." I'll I'll fuck some biscuits and gravy up. <laughs> like it's one of my one of the things. And he was like, "We're going to this gas station." I was like, "Yes, <laughs> you know it's going to be good." And there was a line. Wow. Oh man! Yeah. And and it was. Can you Yelp review an Exxon station? Uh, I hope so. Because I would think, I would think so. Yeah. That's crazy. And it's I don't know where it is, but if you're in Charlotte, talk to Mike Hall and go to that <laughs> Exxon because it's oh, du- delicious. Well, Mike knows all the good places. Yeah, yeah. because he. He takes you guys around, you know, every Friday morning. Absolutely. So he knows all the every every little. But now and I was like, even like how far away from the hotel? He's like, like ten minutes. I was like, I just need to know how much the Uber is going to be when I have to come here tomorrow. <laughs> wow. Take me to the Exxon station. Take Which it, one? The one with the biscuits. The, the one know. with the yeah. I don't know. I don't know all the things. Just please <laughs> just stick your me. nose out and smell for delicious and follow that. <laughs> Well, before, uh, do we have to wrap up soon? Oh, we're pretty close. Okay, I, I did want to ask about uh, last comic. So, were were you nervous? Were you just excited? Like, tell me all the emotions going behind when you found out that you get to move on and stuff. Uh, that w- well, wow, that was ten years ago. Uh, the moment I w- w- the moment I got picked was really weird because <laughs> first off, my year they shot both episodes back to back. You know mm-hmm. the there was one episode of 20 and one episode of 20. And so, and then they did the winners of both shows at the very end. So mm-hmm. the, it's, it's one in the morning when they announced the winners. Oh, wow. We're all exhausted. The audience is exhausted. Everyone's exhausted. And finally, and I was on the first show, so I had to sit through a whole second show that I wasn't involved in. But it was, you know, it's still fun. I just moved out to L.A. We're shooting a television show. Like, this was all very, like, it was cool. It was like Disneyland for adults. And I'm like, this is great. And I didn't, but you're still nervous. You're like, what's happening? What's going to happen? And I was the first person to get picked. Oh, that's awesome. Or uh, to get announced. Yeah. And so I didn't know really what was happening. And so they're like, you're first. They're like, and you're the next, the first person selected is. And then my first thought was why are all the cameras facing me <laughs> like i didn't get it i'm like yeah. why is everybody looking at me and then they're like chris porter and we're 200 yards from the entrance of the theater and i not knowing anything about television thinking that it's all continuous think that i need to get to stage as quickly as possible <laughs> so i just take off running <laughs> because i realize i have a lot of ground to cover <laughs> and <laughs> All I hear is one of the PAs going, he's coming, he's running, he's running, <laughs> he's, he's running, you'll see him. And I go running out on stage and I, and I found my mark and like, I'm like out of breath. And that's when it was just like, this is happening. Like, this is weird. This audience is clapping like this is going on. And so uh, it was it was surreal. Like, I'm up there with all these people and I called my dad. And, you know, it's 3 a.m. in Kansas City at that point. And he's, oh, 
<laughs> I made it. I made it. And he was like, are you kidding me? Like straight, straight from dead asleep. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and I made it. I made it. I can't believe it. And I hang up the phone. I'm all excited. Well, then I had to walk back in the tent with all the losers. Oh, no. Like, which were, which up until 38 seconds ago were all my friends. <laughs> like, we're all in it yeah. together. And, like, I came in with this, like, I did, we, I did it. Like, yeah, aren't you guys so excited? And they, they were, you know, understandably upset. Yeah. And I just remember we all went back to the hotel the next night or that night. You know, all 40 of us were staying at the same place. And I went upstairs and Doug Benson was my roommate. Wow. And that was the year he didn't get chosen. Okay. Yeah. And so like he's sitting there super bummed out. And so I have to like just lay there and not be happy. <laughs> <laughs> and not, you know, not be super excited. And so that got old. So I went downstairs to the bar and everyone's down there drinking. And I'm like, great. And I went and had a beer. And my buddy comes to me, he's like, Hey man, I hate to say this, but this is kind of like the loser party. Oh, and everyone's kind of bummed out you're here. Oh, no. And I'm like, are you are you fucking kidding me? Like, I can't get kicked out of the loser. I can't even have a beer. Like, I can't go upstairs. I can't have a beer. So that night was kind of weird where I was just in my room smoking pot with Doug going. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. You know, oh. and, and you know, and Doug. Now it's fine. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Don't shed any tears yeah, for Doug. Yeah, don't, yeah. I don't feel real bad, but at that moment, he's gotten over it. We're all, you know, I was like, "Fuck, dude, I don't know what you're gonna do," because you know he was kind of at that point. Yeah, he was like on that precipice for a year or so. So, like, it was like, it was kind of a bummer for him, and obviously, I had to be a part of it. But then the next day. You know, we're in meetings and you go to the Queen Mary and you're, you know, it's yeah. part of this whole deal and there's cameras following you. So it got real great real quick. But yeah, that night in particular was very weird. That sounds like a lot of emotions. And yeah, and it was just kind of like, and that's when I kind of got over L.A. <laughs> like, I'm like, fucking really? Like, we're all just going to be bummed out. Like, you can't. Yeah, I think that's kind of messed up. That you they can't even allow me in the bar. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't Losers. stifle. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that's, but that's kind of, you know, LA is very, you know, everyone's a hard worker and it's a great place to go hone your craft and, and become famous and all that stuff. But everyone, you know, it's still super, they get butt hurt real easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you know, being from Kansas, it's like, buck up, Holmes. Yeah, exactly. like, there's there's yeah, exactly. bigger Pick things to worry up. about. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know, that's maybe that's just a Midwest Southern thing where you're just like, get over it. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, you know, in California, it's like, sun's still coming up tomorrow. You're still going to tell jokes. It's not going to be on NBC, but you're going to yeah. be fine. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, so everyone, you're here all weekend. All weekend. Everyone, come out and see Chris Porter. He's too much of a winner to go to the loser party. That's so remember what, that. That's, that's what right. I love about yeah. this church. That's right. And, <laughs> and uh, here through Sunday too. Yeah. Yeah. And we're doing Sunday a Sunday booking. show. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Very fancy. Sunday service. Wear white shirts. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, wear your best. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for on having the podcast me. And goodbye. We will see you next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>